0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's Jeff Robinson with this week's message. Man, it is so awesome to be here this morning. I'm so excited about this one. Uh, we're we're talking about uh, through this summer. We, we're we talking about some of the basics and things and. Uh, uh, when when last you saw me, we were talking about the Bible, and I got to use some big fancy words and things. Uh, you'll be happy to know I'm going back to Jeff today, and we're not going to be using those big normal words. It uh, was big words. I'll be back down to my normal monosyllabic things. That's my big word for today. So, um, the song was you know I don't want to be. Of course, it was a Gavin DeGraw song. Uh, this may be the first one from this century we've used. So you know I thought I'd bring us into the you know bring us a little more modern here. Uh, Kyle kind of challenged me he was doing this to you know. Man, you old fogies need to get some newer stuff. So I tried to bring something from this century for this one. So, um, but we're talking this morning about holiness. Holiness is one of those. You thought, well, you just went back to the old fogey status with that word. Holiness is one of those church buzzwords. If you're like me, I grew up in uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal denomination. Um, I, my dad, uh, my, my grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, my other grandfather was a deacon, my dad was a deacon, my mom sang in the choir, I've been in church my entire life. I, I joked that I was born on Saturday and church on Sunday. And I grew up in this Pentecostal to very strict religious parents. Um, and so, so coming up, holiness is one of those buzzwords that was used a lot in my household and a lot. And so if you're like me and you came up in, in, in some of those circumstances, you have probably heard that kind of word. Um, and, and, and it's something that became like youth group. Man, Justin, every time I was in youth group, Uh, That was the thing they were preaching about holiness, you you know as youth you young people you've got to be holy You got to do this and and holiness became one of those things Over the course of time that that gets kind of convoluted and it becomes you know This thing that we just kind of put that well We can't get that and so we're not going to worry about it and we don't talk about it a lot anymore So we're going to deal with it a little bit this morning and I'm going to try to do um, I've always I've I've always felt led. I'm not an educator an educator takes something simple and makes it difficult because uh, they have to, I mean, they have to, I don't mean that for all our educators. I don't mean that ugly. You have to take it and break it down. You know, a simple sentence, you know, you are not smart. You know, you is the subject, are is the verb, you know, smart, you know, and so you have to divide it out and, and have to, to help us break it down. A communicator takes something difficult and tries to make it simple. And so my goal is always to be a communicator. So I'm going to try to take this holiness thing and, and and make it really simple for you this morning because if I can understand it, it's probably pretty simple. So we're, we're going to go with that this morning. Um, let's look at the definition of what holiness is. Actually, holiness is dedicated or consecrated to God or sacred. That's what, uh, that's what the, the, the the dictionary says it is. And holiness is something that uh, if, if, if I were to go around the room and ask five or six of you, you would all come up with something different, what holiness means. Um, because, you know, it depended on where you came up with. It may mean a denomination. It may mean wearing Uh, Long dresses for women and you know suits for guys. you know, it it may mean a lot of different things Um, But this is actually what the definition of it means now It comes from the hebrew word uh, kadosh, which actually means other or to set apart So when you go in the bible and um, in deuteronomy where god says be you guys be holy because I am holy What he's saying is I am other I am apart. I am different from what you know You be different because i'm different you be other and set apart because I am set apart And so when we kind of think about it in that term It kind of means different, you know, god said be holy because i'm holy He didn't say and i'm really glad he didn't say be perfect because i'm perfect He he didn't say be all-knowing because i'm all-knowing. He didn't say be be, you know Everywhere he said be holy set yourself apart because I am set apart and I'm different and that's what holiness is all about You know, we, we we've taken it and and, and we take things and, and 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 we want holy to be something That's this magical mystical term And what god is simply wanting us to do to be holy Is to be different To take ourselves and understand that I am part of this world and I am in this world But this is not where I really belong this is not my, my, final, my final stop. This is not my final destination. Let's look at some scripture that talks about holiness. Uh, 1 Peter 5, uh, 1, 15 and 16. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. Peter's actually quoting Deuteronomy here when he does that. And he says, uh, you know, and, and, and so this is what God challenging us. Uh, go ahead and go to that next verse here, Tommy. Um, with promises like this, pull, with promises like this to pull us on, dear friends. Let us make a clean break with everything that defiles, defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit holy temples for the worship of God. And go ahead and throw that next one out there. I just, I just want to give you some ideas of what I'm talking about. See, summing it all up, uh, this is uh, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Summing it up, all friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true. Noble reputable authentic compelling gracious the best and not the worst the beautiful not the ugly things to praise not things to curse So these are just you know a few scriptures and there's a lot more than some on the Sundays page These are some scriptures that kind of give you an idea. Of this is what God thinks about holiness This is what the writers of scripture think about when they talk about holiness And so for us to be holy is to set ourselves apart to to, to think about and meditate on things that are true noble Uh, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Sounds just like Facebook, right? (laughs) Not. (laughs) Uh, the, the, The best and not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. You know, in our society, we love to focus on the negative. We like to find those things that are wrong and nitpick them. We like to look at the, my wife and I love to play this game on Facebook. It's, look at, it's, it's find people we went to school with and say, Do I look that old? You know, <laughs> I'm glad I don't look that old, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure none of you do that. But we like to look at things like that. We like to, we see people we haven't seen in a long time. We're like, Hey, it's great to see you. It's good to see you. We'll talk to you later. Boy, they didn't age well, did they? Boy, that didn't, oh, you know you do it. Don't pretend you don't. But we do these kind of things because it's our society. It's part of who we are. We like to do that. And here's why. Because if I can, if I can prove that you and I are the same age and I don't look as old as you, that makes me better. That means I win. And that's what society is about. It's about winning, right? I mean, you know, why do Texas and Oklahoma want to come to the SEC They want to be part of the best. Am I talking? You know you what I'm saying? They want to win. That's what it's all about. I'm an Auburn fan. I don't know anything about winning, but you know, it's, it's something that I got to keep the Alabama fans involved, Kyle. I'm not trying to. But you see, for holiness, it's setting ourselves apart and understanding that it's not about winning, or, 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 or more importantly, that winning is not what I think winning is. You see, for me, whoever dies with the most stuff wins. You know, in in society, whoever achieves the most things, whoever has the biggest name, whoever has the hottest wife, whoever has, uh, you know, the best car, whoever has the biggest house, whoever has all this stuff, they win. But you see, what what God says is you need to set yourself apart and understand that what you see as winning is not what winning is all about. You see, for us, here's here's the big problem. As flawed human beings, we tend to judge by what we see on the outside. We tend to think about things, but God judges by what's inside. You see, for us, holiness, when I was growing up, holiness became things that I could visibly see. If you had tattoos, you weren't holy. Sorry, half the people on this side of the room. (laughs) If you had tattoos, you weren't holy. If you had long hair, which I did most of my young life, you know, you weren't holy. If you wore, you know, ladies, if you wore pants, sorry, that's not holy. Guys, if you wore earrings, that's just all, that's all another wrong. I mean, that's just, you know, these are things, and because we started to do stuff like that, we started to say, you know, to be holy, you had to dress like this, you had to look like this, you had to wear your hair like this, you had to do things like this, and, and we went further and began to, uh, in the denomination that I was part of, you know, you didn't go to the movies, you didn't go, you know, you didn't go dancing, you didn't do, you know, you couldn't go to your high school dance because, you know, it's a sin to dance. Um, And so, you know, even though David did it, but that's another story altogether. And so these are things that we started to do because we are humans, and that's the way we think it is. Whatever I can see, if it looks holy, it must be holy. If it doesn't look holy, well, then it's probably not holy. And so we see people, and we begin to judge them before we ever, ever get to know, before we ever take that next step. Here's what God said. Now, to set this up, Samuel has been, Samuel is the prophet of God. Samuel, God told him, he said, I want you to go and anoint the next king. And he said, um, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And one of his sons is going to be the next king, and I want you to, go to do it. So he goes there, and he talks to Jesse. And Jesse brings his oldest boys out, and they're all fine, strapping young men. You know, kind of like me, good looking, you know. And, and, uh, and so, you know, they're big guys. And so Samuel goes, and he looks at the first one, and Samuel thinks, this has got... You're good, God. This is guy's good. This, this is good. And God tells him, he says, that's not the one. So he goes, okay, so he goes to the next son. And, and this goes on, you know, for a few sons. And, but God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and structure. I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face, but God looks into the heart. And you see, so, so here's the thing. When, when, when we strive to be holy, and this is why we quit trying. Because we strive to do something, we strive to look, and for us it becomes trying to be perfect. For us it becomes trying to do something, and we get frustrated because we can't do it. And we get frustrated with others because, I don't know about you guys, but it's a lot easier to see imperfections in others than it is in us. So... <laughs> It's easy for us to look at other people and to see those things. And that's, that's the other reason that we, we do that. And so we decide that nobody else can be holy. There ain't nobody holy. There's, these guys aren't holy. Um, I did some research on some different people this week. And, and I'm actually going to quote someone in a few minutes. But, you know, if you look up, Billy Graham died a few years ago. And most people in the church will tell you, you know, they, they, Billy Graham was a great man that did great things for God and did a whole lot of things. There are people who wrote articles talking about what a terrible person Billy Graham was after he died. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, I, you, you, I, I don't know what your feelings are at this moment. I really don't care. I'm just going to tell you. Mother Teresa was a great, great human being. And there are people, as I was looking for an article, for, for a quote of hers, uh, I ran across article after article about people talking about how she really wasn't all that. And she really didn't. There are people because we look and we do that and we decide nobody can be holy and then people who are trying to be holy they go to they, they go to google they go something they see this person well mother Teresa must obviously i mean if anybody's holy it must be somebody like that and they read articles and they say well if she's not holy i can't be holy they look at billy graham and they hear about it and they see the things and they say well if he can't be holy i can't be holy and then we help them out by those of us that are ministers and those of us that do things by, by not living and walking the walk and they see that and they see the mistakes and they, say us, and, and, and they see us trying to pretend like we're still holy and, and they see it and say, well, he's not holy. Holiness must not exist. I must not even have to try. And we have an entire generation of people who have no idea and no, no care about holiness. And so this morning, I want to help us break through that because I want to strive to be holy. I want to be that so that when people see me, I'm a messed up, flawed dude. If you have any doubts about that or if you would like a top 20 list or something, my wife is right back in the corner and she'll be more than happy to talk to you after service. Uh, my son was, uh, one of my sons was playing drums this morning. He can, he, he can give you a laundry list of things. People that know me, they can tell you, I mess up. I do stupid things. I say stuff that I probably shouldn't say. I watch things on TV that I probably shouldn't watch. I listen to music that I probably shouldn't listen to. But here's the thing. When you set yourself apart and you decide that God, you are my God, and I'm going to follow you, I'm going to live my life patterned after you, then when I make a mistake, I have to say, I made a mistake. If I, if I do something to offend somebody, I got to say, just that I'm sorry, bro. I screwed up, man. I love you. Please forgive me. You know, if, when you do that, <laughs> sound guy walking in front of a, in front of a speaker, which is not a smart thing to do. Um, you know, holiness is about not being perfect. Holiness is about striving to be more. Striving to be better, setting myself apart to know that, you know what, I can do more because I'm a child of God. I can do more because he is a way maker, a promise keeper, the light in the darkness. I can do more because they did my favorite song. You sang my favorite song this morning, Tremble, because the name of Jesus, Jesus makes the darkness tremble. And so because of that, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to make sure that I'm set apart. I have to make sure that that I try to not fall in and do everything else, but I'm different. Now, different is scary. Trust me, I've been different my whole life. I know different is scary. You know, creative people are guys that had a... Now, you got to understand, I grew up in the 80s, in the 80s, you know, they you, you feathered your hair back. You had the really cool look. Kind of like Micah this morning. You know, the really cool hair thing going on. <laughs> I've got this Brillo pad curly hair, okay? And so, you know, it, now in the 70s, I'd have been great, you know. But, you know, and, and I was a kid in the 70s, but I was a teenager in the 80s. And that's where I came up. And so I tried to fit in like everybody else, and I tried to do the feather my hair back thing. And, uh, oh, God, it was awful. <laughs> it was it was terrible. I burned my high school pictures. Um, my wife could probably be bribed, but I, I, you know, I think I got rid of most of them. So, Being different is scary. Being different is not what we want to do because we all want to be a part. We all want to fit in. We all want to do that. But what God said is, is, you know, when you set yourself apart and you understand that we can be part of something bigger, when we come to understand that God has called us not to just be different, not to just be weird for being weird say called us to step out and to be a part of something different. It's called us to to, to understand that we can be so much more when we begin to turn that. So here's the thing. You're thinking right now, get to the point, dude. What are you talking about? So here's the thing. What exactly is God looking for in holiness? So okay, if holiness is not about being perfect, if holiness is not about trying to to be uh, perfect and all these things, then what exactly is God looking for in holiness? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you three things. Number one, to love one another. Now, that seems like a duh thing, but we don't love each other all the time. We don't, we don't forget. We are quick to judge one another when we make a mistake. We are quick to point the fingers and to, to, to drop people. We are quick to devour people, just like, uh, just like the articles that I read about these these people who are godly people who did a lot of good things, we're quick to dismiss them when we find something that we may not fully understand. But God wants us to love one another. Throw that scripture up there, Tommy. Let me give you a new command, love one another. In the same way I loved you, you will love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for each other. Now, you need to understand this morning the one thing that the church of Jesus really misses the mark on the most is this and this was the thing if you've heard i love when rick preaches about this because this is this is where jesus says he's got the guys at the last supper and he says i got one more thing i got a new commandment i want to give you i got one more thing to say and he talks about that and he talks about loving one another and he talks about this is what you have to do to go and make disciples this is what i want you to do i want you to love each other and you see the one thing that we miss the mark on is loving each other I have friends that that, that are really, really good friends that love Jesus with all their heart. They, They help people. They do things. And they didn't vote who I voted for in the last election. I have people who I'm really good friends with that voted the opposite way from these guys in the last election. I've got guys that are considered woke I've got guys that are considered boomer. Okay, boomer. I've got these different guys, and here's the deal. They both love Jesus with all their hearts and all their minds and all their souls, and they both see things a little bit differently. It is our job, if I voted this way, to love these guys. And it is our job, if if I vote this way, to love these guys. It's my, job, it's my job to understand that what matters is this. All that matters is that Jesus loved me enough that he died and he gave himself so that I could have life and have more abundantly. And with that, I take that knowledge and I go into all nations and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and making disciples of all men. You see... There's coming a day, and I fully believe this. Rick, Rick has nothing to do with what I'm fixing to say, okay? And so you don't hold this against him. Um, I fully believe that there is coming a day in the near future that being a holy disciple of Jesus Christ will not only be unpopular, it will probably be illegal. It will probably be something that could cause you danger. (laughs) This is a great way to, you know, invite new members today to come be a part of this thing we're talking about. But in all seriousness, there's a, when when you read about it, and God, God wants to be different, God wants me to love people. God wants me to love people that don't believe the same way I do. God wants me to love people that don't live the same way I do. God wants me to love people who don't love the same way I do. But God also wants me to love these people enough to say, hey, once I develop relationship, hey, you need to know that God has a better way. Hey, you need to understand that God has a different way. I, I saw a meme on Facebook, um, <clears throat> and it said, uh, if, you're, if you're God or if you're Jesus, don't mind if you cuss a little, And drink a little and watch some movies that you shouldn't watch that you don't serve the same God I do and that's absolutely true but what they should have said and the next meme is if your God don't mind if you're a little bit racist if you're a little bit mean to people on Facebook if you treat people rudely at the restaurant because your table's not ready And then leave a tract for two or you know try to try to try to say can I pray with you before we leave today that your God is different than my God too because you see what God is looking for is different and I fully understand that this message today may be the last time I get to preach here for saying some of this stuff and that's cool with me because I understand that God is calling me not to be popular good thing he's calling me to be holy and god is calling you not to be popular he's calling you not to be uh the most successful person he's calling you not to be all the things that the american dream tells us we need to be he's calling you to be different to be set apart throw that next slide up there tommy this is Mother Teresa's quote. Now, if, if you've ever done, I challenge you to go and read about Mother Teresa if you've never done it. You know, you guys know she did. Here's what Mother Teresa did. Mother Teresa, um, at the age of 18, joined the, she, she joined the convent. <clears throat> and she went in. She was from Albania. She felt called, it says, to the poorest of the poor. And she moved to India where she started... She started a house. She left the convent. We're at the convent. She had food to eat. She had a warm bed to sleep in. She had things to do. But because she had taken a vow of poverty, she couldn't own all these things. So she went out to start her own mission to help people. And she went out to people that were dying of leprosy in India, that were dying of different things. And she started a house where she brought these guys in and took care of them. This is who Mother Teresa was. She had to beg. And she said she was tempted by going back to the order and going back to the convent where she had all this stuff, but God challenged her, she said, "I know that God has called me to reach these people and I can't reach them there. I have to reach them here." And so this is what Mother Teresa said at the end of her life. She said, "By blood, I am Albanian. By citizenship an Indian, because she became an Indian citizen. By faith, I am a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the world, but as to my heart, I belong entirely to to the heart of Jesus. Everything she did in her life was to try to to be different and to help someone else. She understood that I have to set myself apart even from the thing that I pledged my life to. I'm going to leave this convent so that I can go and be Jesus because that's my heart. And you see, you need to understand there are going to be people who are going to not like the decisions that you make. They're not going to like the things that you go and do because God has called you to do it and because it doesn't fit with what we think and what we see. But when our entire heart belongs to Jesus, it doesn't matter because I have to follow the heart of Jesus. Part of holiness when I was growing up, was considered you didn't listen to, you didn't go to the movies, you didn't listen to certain types of music, you didn't do this, so, you know, <clears throat> I was growing up listening to Southern Gospel, uh, you know, this was, this was before the Gaithers, you know, so uh, the Gaithers, uh, and listening to those things, but a, as, as I got older, I understood that a worshiper sees God everywhere. A person whose heart belongs to God sees God everywhere. I love my wife. I have been married to Mia for almost 32 years. 32 years in October. And so because I'm in love with her, whether I'm in Australia or whether I'm in another country or somewhere, I see things that remind me of my wife because of my relationship with her. And when I'm in love with Jesus, when I'm in love with God, when, when the heart of Jesus is my heart, I see God everywhere. I see God when I, I see someone in the street that needs help, and I see somebody else helping. I see God when I see somebody there, and I see opportunities for me to help. I see God at, at one of the lowest points of my life. I had just lost... Uh, I had just lost my mom, I was taking care of my dad, I was having to do a lot of things, and and, and, and we were taking care um, of a family, and there was a song, and it was was a song by John Mayer. Uh, Micah knows the song, I won't tell you the name of it, because I just won't. But, uh, But there was a song by John Mayer, and it had a line that says, it's just a phase, it's not forever, it's just a phase, and I might still have a ways to go. And God spoke to me so much in those lines from a song that had whiskey in the title by a man who was definitely not holy, unless you count his guitar playing, that's pretty holy. But but God spoke because when your heart trusts in his heart, you begin to see Jesus everywhere that you go. And you can begin to look through all the things, and you can begin to go That I'm spending too much time. Go to the next slide, Tommy. Number two. So what is God looking for holiness to? holiness? To not become comfortable where we are. You see, sometimes one of the things in the church is we get so comfortable where we are. Uh, you know, man, we got a lot of people here this morning. They set out chairs. The last few weeks, they've had to set out chairs. We've arrived, Brother Rick. I mean we're good. We don't have to I, we, we don't need more people. Man, we got plenty of people here. So we're we're good. We we we're good where we are. The worship team sounded really good this morning. We don't I mean, you know, we don't need to we don't need to do anything else. We're good. We we get comfortable. We do that with our life. We 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 get to where man, we got a pretty comfortable life. We're making money, we're doing this. I don't have to do anything else. Well, this is what God wants us to not be comfortable and understand that there's more to it. 1 Corinthians 9:24 This is Paul writing. He says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Right now the Olympics are going on. So some of you guys, um, uh, unless you're upset with some of the athletes, you're watching the Olympics and you've been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs and one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that, that, that tarnishes and fades. But you're after one that's gold eternally. And this is Paul challenging them. You see, the thing is, we, we begin to get so complacent and so comfortable with where we are uh, as a church. We begin to, we begin to get complacent. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and with some other people, and we've talked about the fact that, you know, the church, uh, in its early stages, the church struggled. The church was, the, the church was against. And somewhere early in the, 19th, in the 1900s, it became really, really commonplace. And even before that, when Constantinople took over uh, and, and and he made it the national religion, Christianity suddenly became popular, and it became not something that was uh, that, that, that was uh, threatened against, not something that was uh, that the people were against, but it became something that was in. And the church at that time became complacent, and we started to get comfortable with where we are because we've we've arrived, we're here. God wants us to not be complacent, but to continue to run to win. For me, holiness boils down to the story of the rich young ruler. Jesus is talking. Uh, he, he's, he, he's, he's preaching to the crowds, and this rich young ruler comes up to him one day. You can look this up. It's, it's, it's a really cool story. And this rich young ruler comes up, and he says, Jesus, he says, I have kept all of your commandments from the time that I was young. I have kept all the commandments of God. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. I have followed you everywhere. I've given to your ministry. Uh, I even signed up for the monthly where it takes that out of my bank account. You know, I did. All this. I follow you on Twitter. I follow you on Facebook. I liked all those things. He didn't really say that because I wasn't there, but you know, I'm trying to make this relevant to you. And so, so he, says, he says, Jesus, I've done all this. And Jesus says, that's great. Now, here's what he wanted, what he was looking for, and this is what we're looking for. We're looking for, I come to church every Sunday. I pay my tithes almost every week. Uh, you know, I do all the things I'm supposed to do, and um I I just want you to know God that I'm doing that and what we want is for God to say That's why you're my favorite (laughs) That's it. You're good. You've arrived Well done enter this day with me into paradise But here's what jesus does. He looks at the guy and he says That is fantastic Now go sell everything that you have and give that to the poor and come and follow me and it says that he left there upset and dejected. Because you see, what Jesus understood was it's not about we want holiness to be things we check off a list. My wife loves to make lists, and she loves to check those things off, and she's really good at it. Me, you know, I, I'm, I don't make lists. I just, you know, I kind of do things and say, hey, I did something. And, uh, but, you know, we want things to check off a list that we can go in holiness. Hey, I paid my tithes. I went to church. Uh, I took communion. Uh, I actually sang during worship today. I lifted my hands. I closed my eyes. Uh, I actually followed the five-minute rule after service today and shook hands with people that I'm not going to talk to during the week. i try to help you out there with that, sir. And so we, we, we want to check these things off of this checklist. But God says, you know, it's not about checking a checklist. It's about being different. It's about striving to be more. The last thing to be holiness, what God is looking for in holiness, is to be like Jesus. You see, Jesus is our ultimate example. We can look at people like Mother Teresa. We can look at people uh, who, who, are, who have done great and wonderful things. But ultimately, Jesus is our example and Jesus is who we're looking for. Um, Throw that verse up there, Tommy. In wrong, uh, Romans 12, 1, and I love this one. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Go to the next part. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-informed maturity in you. You see, this is what this is what Jesus, this is what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with people and he changed them. There's been a, there's been a thing going around on social media recently where. Um, I saw it attributed to Tim Tebow. I've seen it attributed to other people where the comment was made, yes, Jesus hung out with prostitutes and drunkards and sinners. But the difference is Jesus wasn't changed by them. Jesus changed them when they left Jesus being transformed. Now, I I don't know. I, I, I couldn't verify it. I looked it up. I couldn't verify whether Tim said it or somebody else did. And I don't know who said it. But the truth of the matter is that God has called us To be set apart, but not to live apart. Let me say that one more time so I'll make you catch it, because that was good. You might have been ignoring some of the other stuff I said because of the stupid things I said. But you see, God wants us to be set apart, but not live apart. He wants us to go out and to love those who are not lovable. To go out and love those who are mean. To love those... Who are different, to love those who are hurt and lash out because of it. And when we do that, we begin to be like Jesus. The last verse is one, and, and this is something I want to challenge you with. Worship team, you can go ahead and start coming up if you want to. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, the religious scholars, and he's challenging me. He says, you're hopeless, you religious scholars and Pharisees. Frauds, you burnish the surface of your cups and bowls so they sparkle in the sun while the insides are maggoty with your greed and gluttony. That's just gross. You ever, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like the sink at work, you know, where people rinse out cups but they never wash <laughs> them. The coffee cups that, you know, they just pour in. Um, the coffee pots that they just rinse out a little bit, you know, Those are not the things that you you want to serve to people. And God says, he tells these guys, he says, that's the way you are. All you do is rinse out the outside because we as humans judge what we see on the outside. And He says, you guys change the outside, but the inside is still nasty. I want to do two things this morning as we close. I want to apologize on behalf of of the church for those of you have been hurt by people who tried to dress and look like they were holy but inside were full of maggots and rotten and they said things and they did things that hurt you and broke your heart and made you never want to hear the name Jesus again from the bottom of my heart I'm sorry because we do things like that as humans but the second thing that I want to do is challenge you this morning. As we leave this place, you have a couple of choices. You can write this off. You check this other thing off the list that I listened to a sermon. You can walk out of here and you can be the same person you were when you got out of bed this morning. Or you can leave here knowing that i'm different i'm a child of god the way maker the promise keeper the light of the darkness